the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Hi, friends and family. Ron Geyer back Sunday night to talk to you more about End Time Insights. And it's been an exciting time. Stuff happening in the news. It's just amazing the difference between light and dark, even the abortion uh, so-called ruling. And understand this. Roe v. Wade was not overturned. That's a misnomer. Okay. All that because it's still legal to do abortions throughout the city, the state, the country. All that happened was the ability of the uh, government to make a ruling was overturned. and But the law, there is no law. But it's still the same. You can do what you want, and unfortunately that's the problem. Back in Texas here, we're praying for Governor Abbott because he has says, no, we're not going to do it. As soon as the trigger law kicked in, that the trigger law, that was... As soon as the Supreme Court ruled, then automatically Texas would outlaw abortion. But... That was nice, but unfortunately, of course, the liberals, they found an ungodly judge to rule in their favor, and that's in the courts now. So we haven't really seen anything going on. And I do see God in this, but I don't see God in it for the reason that people think, oh, America's getting better, we're going back to righteousness. No, that's not what this is about at all. Basically, I don't think God's jumping up and down because we're only killing 800,000 babies a year instead of a million. I don't think that pleases God at all. Continue to pray. Pray for your governor. Your governor has power here. Yes, the courts can rein him in, but pray for the governor. At the end of the day, it is his bailiwick. It is within his jurisdiction to make these decisions. Amen. So we had fun in Bible study last week. Uh, We actually were talking about who's in your pulpit. You know that commercial, what's in your wallet? Well, it's who's in your pulpit, and you need to know who's in your pulpit, and we're going to talk about that. And I know sometimes I take criticism from what I talk about because lots of times, you know, we're warning you. We give you the danger signs. We're, we're telling you what's wrong. I mean, I could tell you all, all that's right. You know, the list would probably be fairly short with the church and its role playing in America. And it uh, stands for the word of God. We're challenged here in America. And yet it's important that we warn you. Because I was looking up some numbers the other day, back in, what is today, 2022, back in 2011, 75% of Americans said that they were Christian. I know that number's not true, but back in 2011, 75% of Americans said that they were Christian. Well, 10 years later, in 2021, that number's down to 63%, and that's from a new Pew Research poll. That means Jesus was correct. When he said that we would lose many to false teaching in the last days, it means Peter was correct. When he said false teachers would deceive many, we're losing more than we're winning. It means Paul was correct. 
that ravenous wolves would come from within the church and would not spare the flock. That's why we're doing our lesson. Who's in your pulpit? We've got to take a stance. We've got to attack the apostasy that's taking people right out of the midst of our families. And you can't allow that. So that's why we're talking today once more about the pulpit and who or what is in your pulpit. But it also means that I am correct in warning you of false doctrines and false teachers and damnable heresies. And by the way, where do you think those 12% people are who fell away? Where are they headed? What's their future? What's their destiny? I think you know the answer to that. You know, many would say, Ron, you don't know more than my pastor. He's anointed by God. You're not. You know, you may be right. And if this was about me, I might get offended. But it's not about me. And it's not about your pastor. It's about you and protecting your eternal destiny. And remember, it's not just Ron who's warning you. It's Jesus, and it's Peter, and it's Paul, and it's Jude, it's John, it's Jeremiah, it's Isaiah, Obadiah, Nehemiah. I mean, the list goes on. All of these warnings, you know, the Bible is full of warnings. I know today's modern church doesn't want to talk about warnings. You know, it's just like in the olden days, peace, peace, there's no problem here. And America is on the eve of destruction so I want to start off today about Romans one eighteen. I was going to make this lesson about the wrath of God, and I will teach about the wrath of God, seeing as how we are already under the wrath of God. What did he say? Yes, no, the church is not appointed unto wrath, but wrath is here in America. So let me read you the scripture because it's got two important points in it. It talks about the wrath of God, and it also talks about those that are suppressing the truth. They go hand in hand. What a coincidence, right? No. Romans one eighteen for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all, how much? All ungodliness, how much unrighteousness of man? All. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. But it's not revealed just against men in general. It's revealed against a very special class of people, those who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Yes, the wrath of God, don't forget, the church is not appointed unto wrath, Right? But the wrath of God is revealed from heaven and is revealed, that's in the present tense. That means it's happening. That means it happened, it's happening, and will continue to happen. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all, not some or most or here and there, here or miss, no. The wrath of God is currently today being revealed from heaven. This wrath is God's wrath. It comes from God. It's got nothing to do with man outside of being the recipient of the wrath of God. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. Ungodliness, that is man's sin against God. And unrighteousness of men, that is man's sin towards man. The wrath of God, I'll get through with the scripture. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Now, the hold the truth, that's possessiveness. They, they've got the truth. Who's got the truth? The church has the truth. Does Oprah have the truth? No. Do other people out there, does Jay Leno, who are the modern late night guys now? What's his name? Jimmy Kimmel, I think. Do those guys, do they hold the truth? No, they don't hold the truth. They may regard it as false. They may regard it as fantasy, but it's the church, the people of God who actually hold or possess or are ministers or, as I like to say, guardians of the truth. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness. 
Paul's letter, that's Romans 1.18, Paul's letter to Romans is considered by some to be the greatest letter in the New Testament, mainly because of his explanation of Christ's role in salvation and God's plan neatly and clearly and biblically presented. It's Christ's gospel, and the reason for the necessity of the gospel is clearly put forth by Paul, and it's all about sin. Romans letter, it's all about Jesus. It's all about what he has done regarding sin. But Paul, chapter 1, he starts off the gospel by telling you you're a sinner. That's a very important point. We spoke about that, I think, last week. We must take note, though, that while the letter is about salvation, it begins with Paul's identifying man's sin problem, as where any good gospel preacher should begin. If we don't tell man that he's a sinner, then that removes the need It removes the urgency for them to make a decision for Christ. If we let them think that, oh, it's okay, your sin's not going to cost you anything, you know, don't worry about it, that's false. But when we ignore talking about it, it gives that impression. Well, he didn't say anything about sin. Jesus loves you, gets nobody saved. You're a sinner destined for hell without the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That is the love of God. You must be born again. That puts an urgency and people make a decision for Christ and it brings the Holy Spirit into the process. We're trying to preach a gospel without the Holy Spirit, without the truth. Basically, there is no gospel without talking about man's sin. The gospel is built around man's sin's problems. Sin is ultimately the foundation of the gospel. Precept Austin, one of the, what shall I call it, reference commentaries I study, it's really good. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. The Greek word for wrath is orge, which means an indignation that has risen gradually and become more settled. This shows God's slow boil, as it were, towards man's continual and progressive rebellion to him. It indicates that God is long-suffering, and we see that the Bible says the long-suffering of God is salvation. Thank you, Jesus but that he will eventually bring judgment. This wrath is being revealed. It's a continual and never-ending process. God never tolerates sin. God never tolerates sin. Mercy does not remove the severity of sin. Mercy is not something that happens against sin and lessens the penalty. God never tolerates sin, neither in time nor eternity. There are many today who play loose and free with God. They think that because they are getting away with sin now, God will not judge them in eternity. So the wrath of God is revealed. It's in the present tense. This means his wrath is here now and it is ongoing. Satan doesn't want us to know we are under judgment or that we face God's wrath. He doesn't want us to know that we're in the wrath of God right now. Gospel preachers, man, you got to get it right. Who's in your pulpit? Are they telling you that the wrath of God is present? Are they telling you that the wrath of God includes people who supposedly hold the truth, but they're living ungodly lives? There's no righteousness of men within them because they are suppressing the truth from heaven. The wrath has nothing to do with man. It originated in heaven and it comes from heaven. It is divine in nature. This is a divine wrath. God is the author of this wrath. Man has earned it, but God sends it. And where is it? It's against men. The wrath that is here now is against mankind. Despite that we tell people that God only wishes to bless you. That's all nonsense. God truly is angry with the wicked. Well, people say that we're not subject to wrath as a church, and you're correct. We're not. If you will judge yourselves, you'll not come under judgment. But you got to understand when God pours out his wrath upon the earth, it rains upon the just and on the unjust. 
that works both ways. That's for the good blessings that God wants to give the church. He'll cause those to reign on the just and on the unjust. And it also talks about the judgments and the wrath that come upon the earth. If we're here, we can be subject to those wraths if we're not careful. And yet, you remember, is there light in the land of Goshen when God was judging Egypt? He protected the Jew. And I believe that's a picture that what will happen if we will only learn to obey God. Hallelujah. Yes, this wrath of God, it's not against this church. It's against wicked mankind. But saints, here's the kicker. What happens when the church sins? Here's the question we're facing. Who's in your pulpit? What happens when the church sins? What happens when the pulpit becomes polluted? You know, does the wrath then fall upon the so-called children of God? Well, this goes back to, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. There are many here naming the name of the Lord Jesus, but we're not obedient to him. There's this article I came across. It's five years ago. Uh, Joseph Matera wrote it. And I was thinking about pollution in the pulpit. And he wrote an article, 10 Reasons Why Our Pulpits Are Polluted. I go, wow. I figured I might be able to get one or two good points from that article. But I was very surprised. I pretty much agree with all 10 of his reasons. They were good reasons. They were deep reasons, not just off the top of his head, what can I come up with? These are really good reasons why the pulpit is polluted. Number one, pastor has an unholy union with politicians. Ooh, that is so good. Pastors are in bed with politicians. Uh, It doesn't stand on its own. It it connects to other ones, you know, that the pastor, perhaps number two, is putting the branding of his church, building his church, looking for fame for his church. He puts the branding of that church above the health of the congregation. Number three, there's no accountability or little accountability. This is why there's lack of purity and pollution within our churches, because there's no accountability. I, I know in my Word of faith circles, there's very little overseeing of the people. There's no accountability. There's no sexual boundaries. There are no financial boundaries. Your pastor is isolated. He surrounds himself with yes men. These are like six reasons right there, seven reasons. Your leaders have egos, pride. I see pride in the pulpit all the time. Recently, a pastor, a Word of Faith movement, Creflo Dollar, came out and they said, well, you know, I've made mistakes with the tithing message. Oh, really? You know, but but when did you figure this out? He goes, well, in 2014. So let me get this straight. From 2014 to 2022, you knew tithing wasn't biblical, and yet you didn't say anything? Hmm. You know, who can you trust? At what point? What's in your pulpit? What can we trust? Who's doing the preaching? What are they saying? Are they lining up to the Word of God? Uh, Number nine, reason that there's pollution in our pulpits The Bible is no longer the primary preaching source, which, of course, results in the pastor not walking with God. Catch this. The Holy Spirit, in and through your pastor, will decide the spiritual climate of your particular church. You got that? The Holy Spirit, using your pastor, working through and with, in partnership with your pastor, he will decide what your spiritual climate in your church looks like. Back to the scripture. There are various translations for that, hold the truth and unrighteousness. They just drifted away. I wanted to make that point to you about why there's pollution in the church today, in the pulpit. Uh, back to Romans one eighteen. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness. No matter where those people are who hold the truth and unrighteousness. Several different translations. I dug a few out. Listen. 
the ASV, hinder the truth, the Amplified, suppress and stifle the truth. CEB, silence the truth by their injustice. The Dewey Rames, D-R-A, detain the truth. The easy-to-read version, E-R-V, their evil lives hide the truth. Now, understand, Oprah cannot hide the truth. She doesn't have it. And yet, people would say, well, she's the high priestess of witchcraft in America today. I've heard that many times. She preaches the gospel that there's many ways to come to know Christ. And that's just false. Is she hiding the truth? Well, by their evil lives, they hide the truth. Okay, and that could go for people in your pulpit too. The CEV, they crush the truth. The NTE translation, they use injustice to suppress the truth. You get the idea, right? Because this kind of effort is being made to keep people from seeing and hearing the truth. That leads to ungodliness and unrighteousness in people's lives, and their behavior leads to the wrath of God upon their lives. Notice, all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. God's wrath has been and is being revealed against those who suppress the truth, against all of their wicked ways, all of their unrighteousness. His wrath is currently upon them. Basically, wrath doesn't visit these people. It rests upon them continually, and that's a terrible way to live in. People walking around under the wrath of God? Arthur Pink defined God's wrath this way. His eternal detestation of all unrighteousness. It is the displeasure and the indignation of divine equity against evil. It is the holiness of God stirred into activity against sin. Wow. That is just amazing because God doesn't wink at sin. He doesn't let it go. The wages of sin will kill you. That's why God must intervene. He intervenes on our behalf through the word of God, through prophets, through the goodness of God, through judgments, through wrath. All of these are designed to get your attention that you're going off base, to get you back on track, to get you saved so you do not spend your eternal future apart from him in hell. This is the portion for those who aren't saved yet. It's a miserable existence to be without the peace of God, to live under daily judgment and wrath. And in these final days, in the last days, the last of the last days, especially now, during this time of the great apostasy, we in the church of God must be mindful of where we are and who we are following and increase our efforts to teach the truth, to guard our friends and our families, our brothers and our sisters, and to reach out to the lost. This is a quote from Martin Luther, probably about 650 years ago or something like that. And this is so wise. I had known this was true, and I had tried to state it to our Bible group, but he says it really well. He says it better than I could. Quote, if I profess with the loudest voice and the clearest exposition every portion of the truth of God, except that point where the world and the devil are at that moment attacking... Okay, that's the, that's the premise he's saying. Okay, if I profess loudly, right, clearly every aspect of truth of God except where the battle is raging today, where Satan is attacking today, where the world is attacking today, if I know everything else but I neglect to tell you about that, then I am not confessing Christ, however boldly I may be professing Christ. I had to read this three or four times to get it. Basically, what he's saying there is if I am ignoring where the current battle is today, like, for instance, we taught on faith, we taught on love, we've taught on 
goodness, we've taught on all these things in the last 30 or 40 years since I've been a Christian, which is fine. But is the devil attacking our faith today? Is the world attacking the love walk of the church? No. What's going? Well, of course, but not in the sense that he's attacking somewhere else. That's not where the fire is hottest in the battle for the kingdom of God. Back to the quote, where the battle rages, there the loyalty of the soldier must prove to be steady on all the battlefields. If they do everywhere else besides, it's mere flight and disgrace if he flinches to that point. Basically, to everything there is a time and to every purpose a season under heaven. And like the men of Issachar, they knew, they knew what they were supposed to do in the present times. Well, let me tell you something. The hottest battle point right now, the place where the battle is raging for the church, it's the Bible. The Bible is under assault. Truth is under assault. The prevailing spirit in America today is no longer truth. It's deception. Whether it's the media, whether it's the so-called man of God in your pulpit, whether it's uh, your school teacher, your government, your politicians, deception, deception, deception is the voice. Satan has succeeded in placing his spirit as the loudest voice in America today. That's where the battle rages, man of God. That's why the Bible is being removed from so many churches. That's why preachers like Joe Osteen, they make up their own story that they want to tell you, and then they'll get some scriptures to support it. That's not Bible teaching. That's not exposing the truth in the Bible. We must go back to the Bible, the spirit of truth. And truth be told, Our pastors are supposed to be leading us into that particular battlefield. The battlefield is not for my faith. It's for the truth in general. It's for the entire Bible, which begs the question, do you know today where the world and the devil are attacking? Yes, they're attacking truth. They're attacking the Bible. I believe the church knows quite well that. I believe they are aware of that. And for the most part, where the attacks are, they they know it because they experience it. But I also believe they're blind. And I also believe they're quite comfortable teaching on love and faith, and blessing, feeling that they are doing God's will, but knowing full well in their hearts that is not where they belong. That is not the battle that is assaulting God's people. Today, we're losing people. I just read to you early on today, we've lost 12 percentage points in the amount of people that profess that they're Christians from 10 years ago. So all that means is another 50 years and we're down to 3%. That's not going to work, folks. We're supposed to be fighting and guarding. That's why the Bible is full of all these warnings. That's why we tell you all these warnings. Uh, Where the preachers are today, it's not the battle that is assaulting God's people. The battle that is assaulting God's people is a challenge to truth, a challenge to the Word of God, a challenge to the Bible. That is not the issue that you're preaching on if it's not this truth about where the assault is. We're losing people. The blind are staying blind. We're losing more than we're winning. That means we're not doing our job either defending or preaching the good news. The church has gotten so comfortable in teaching the easy, lazy way of gospel grace aspect of the truth that we fear to upset the apple cart. We have our cash cow. People are coming. They seem happy. When in reality, we're living Revelation 317 lives right in front of everybody. And the church is the only one that seems not to know it. Revelation 317, because you say I am rich. Yes. And increase with good. Yes. And have need of nothing. Yes. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Today's biggest threat to the health and well-being of the church is deception. The apostasy is the vehicle this deception travels in. And in 
and the Bible truths are where the fight is taking place. We've got to get back onto the front lines. Whereas in times past, the church in America operated in an environment of grace and blessing, today's American body is operating in an environment of wrath and cursing. We have just shown you how God's wrath is already here upon those who oppose the truth. Well, this is where the church belongs today, in that battle, on the battlefield of truth. We don't need another sermon on love. We don't need another sermon on faith. We need to hear the truth about sin and how it's destroying America and attacking the church in America. The latest evidence of our so-called leaders in the church is that they have descended into the pit of self-indulgence in chasing away people who disagree with them, whether it's their politics or their insight or their doctrine. Leaders in our churches are telling the people they can't stand there. Well, that's not your job, Pastor. Your job, Pastor, is to give us the truth and let the Holy Spirit do that work. I'm out of time. My goodness, it gets so quickly away. It gets away from me. It just flies. Anyway, we're going to pick back up on this. Remember, the topic is who's in your pulpit, and we're going to show you some astounding scripture verses that will tell you plainly who's in them from Genesis chapter 3. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.